The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch. And he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also joining us, president of the Thicker Kicker fan club, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. I'm back. <laughs> They're turning Caleb. So, uh, oh, man. There's a, there's some Mizzou fans out that are all chubbed up right now. That's right. I'm like... I'm like Jordan in the mid nineties. I'm wearing number forty five, but I'm still the same killer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he spent some time down in two A ball with the Barons, and he's back. <laughs> yeah, I won. Uh, I've been gone for a while, but I won like a face setting contest. So, like most girls have set on my face for the last year. It's been awesome. I mean, I look like a prune, but I won that thing. It's a hundred dollars <laughs> in Snickers. Um, <laughs> Snickers yeah, is not going to so. wipe the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's, it's pretty <laughs> awful, but once you start a competition, you got to finish it, boys. That's right. And speaking of competition, yeah. guys, football is a happening. Mizzou played, uh, check notes, Louisiana Tech over the not weekend on Thursday night, and lo and behold, our Tigers got themselves a win. Yeah, they did. Good for them. Good for us. Good for us, yeah. 52 to 24. Yeah, beat the spread. Good teams win. Great teams cover. That's what they say. And um, <laughs> Mizzou covered. Well, it started out pretty rough. I was so angry after their first offensive series because, you know, the first offensive series, they don't even have to worry about calling plays. They've scripted it. This is what we've decided to do. You know, I mean, it should be the, you know, the easiest thing in the world. And we come out of the gate and we're just throwing horizontal wide receiver bubble screens and shit like that. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. This is the, the first impression you want to make on this season is to throw, you know, the Alex Smith special at the, at, a, at this third team. I'm like, why are you not going deep on the very first play to Luther Burton? Uh, you know what I mean? One, like, it's just. Yeah, that one of those first plays they threw it, they lost nine yards on a pass and then got 13 yards back. And you're still, you still got a punt, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you can't lose nine yards right off the bat for anything. Like, it's just dumb. The first half play calling was pretty conservative i mean at one point i tweeted i was like if if we don't trust brady cook more than this then let's just move on right now because it looked like an offense designed by a man who did not trust his quarterback not even a little bit and i uh i don't know about you guys but i feel like i always have a little bit of a different opinion like a day out from the game after and then when i'm watching and i'm super reactionary i think every time we open the season every year i send colin to texas we're fucking awful we're never going to win a game (laughs) 
And uh, then I, I re- recant a little bit. And when watching this game and as it progressed, I feel like I, I should give the Tigers a little bit of slack in that this is a team that is full of transfers who have never played before, certainly not for this team. And we got a new, you know, Brady Cook starting quarterback for the first time. And I, you know, th- this is a team and you know, it's the first game of the season. They're going to be rusty. They're going to not have everything flow. And the coaches clearly didn't have everything flow. And I mean, I think everybody felt like Grinks play calling was suspect, at least in the first quarter, you know, in the first half. And there was no running back play at all. It was just weird. But things did start to gel, and I don't know if that was those guys starting to get better or if it was just Louisiana Tech being a smaller team starting to uh, wear down. But I was a lot more confident by the end of this game. Certainly, you know, it was never in doubt. We beat them by a ton of points, covered the spread. Like I said, I felt a lot better at the end today than I did, you know, mid-first half last night. Did you feel better than the year that we went to your house all day and you cooked us food and we watched – Wyoming uh, against Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, I feel better than that. I uh, I know you <laughs> felt better than when you came over to my house and I made ribs and you vomited them all into the toilet after uh, a lot of Evan Williams. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good day. The the ribs were they were good going down and even better coming up. <laughs> That's right, ribs uh, the sequel well, night. Yeah, when you marinate them and all that stuff in your stomach, God, they're tasty. <laughs> yeah, I, the way I felt. At halftime of this game and the way I felt at the end of the game were very two very different moods. I mean, the first half, I was a little bit, I mean, I was borderline distraught. Like, Brady Cook looked suspect throwing the ball. The all, the play calling was just the most conservative. It reminded me of the the Andy Reid, Alex Smith days of the Chiefs where they just they were petrified to try to throw the ball down the field. The only thing that was good is the defense in the first half looked fast yeah, to the sure. ball. Oh. Yeah, they, they look like a Division One football team. It's been a long time since I've seen Missouri start the season with their defense being competent, and they were definitely competent. I mean, all the points that Louisiana Tech had came down to three long pass plays that were bo- blown coverage plays, and the last one was when Mizzou, none of Mizzou starters were in. So there was really two blown coverage plays that accounted for all of the yards and the points, and Louisiana Tech didn't get any yards on the ground. It was not a Steve Wilkes defense. No, they well, held, the re- those running backs supposed to be good for Louisiana Tech, and they held them. Yeah, the defense looked good, and on both of those cup, those those touchdowns on those long passes, it looked like hopefully stuff they can fix. You know, watching tape because it looked like on both of those plays that a they uh, a safety got sort of caught watching an underneath route, and then and let the wide receiver get behind him. Both times, the deep safety was trying to i think got a little too anxious got a little over aggressive and was staring down an underneath route just let a wide receiver get behind him and hopefully you know that's the kind of thing that you can watch on tape and say next week don't do that you know what i mean like know your assignment be where you're supposed to be and that problem's going to take care of itself i don't remember was the um, first one like a play action like a they bit on a fake handoff or something is or yeah what? both times like i said it bit on underneath stuff whether that be a play action pa- or uh run or um, an underneath route. I couldn't see, you know, the, the screen only lets you see part of the field, but it looked like both times the safety was either way, way, way too shallow. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what kind of, kind of brought that. But God, you can tell that kid of Hopper out of Florida. I mean, he was all over the place. He was very impressive, probably the most impressive guy I saw last night. And that includes Luther Burden, who was impressive. That's the, I mean, uh, we got Burden t- also had some, in addition to being just a phenomenal athlete, he also had a couple of balls that he really should have caught. Mm-hmm, for sure. And didn't. 
Well, um, I mean, I think we've got to talk burden because you talk about fans wanting to see some more vertical action. Everybody was waiting to see the coming out party for Luther Burden third, And we're kind of hoping for that long, deep route where he just sort of breaks away from a from a cornerback who can't keep up with him. And we didn't see that. But what we did see was incredible athleticism. You know, when it, the screen pass in the flat where he just sort of evaded like five tacklers and somehow got in the end zone. And then there was the uh, direct snap. It was stuff that like – you can tell that guy is a fucking star in the making, even though he didn't have huge numbers. You can see what he's capable of. And I think everybody has a big Luther Burden boner. It's Debo Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Caleb made that comparison to me um, earlier today. And I was like, man, that is, that is apt. I feel like he could definitely be that Debo Samuel uh, type that South Carolina was, was Debo Samuel for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. that would be great. I'll take Debo Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he may not stack up 300 yards receiving but he may have 90 rushing and 84 receiving and three touchdowns at the end of the day you know which makes a difference you don't know where the guy's going it keeps you off guard he's a talent there's no doubt yeah that's one thing that i came away with excited about was that Missouri was not a team that had any star power other than Tyler Beatty last year and both you mentioned uh, Tyron Hopper on defense and then uh, Luther Burden, obviously, on offense. But I also thought Dominique Lovett, he was all over the place. I mean, he looked great, and I think he got a little overshadowed by Luther Burden, but he's exciting. And then, of course, I don't know what you guys thought about the running back core, but late in the game, Nathaniel Pete, who's the Como kid who came back from Stanford. Yes. Damn. Well, let's talk about – Let's. I'm going to go through some stuff with you guys. So I, th- I had some at-a-glance pros and cons. And uh, let's go with the cons first. And I already talked about the play – calling the play calling in the first half was just i mean fuck it was disturbing it was like god it was like watching porno made by disney wait that sounds pretty good <laughs> to me <laughs> show me your butthole <laughs> um <laughs> anyway but yeah i was just it was it was not great but like i said that's him they, they seem to go get more uh vertical as the game went on i think the biggest con and i think a lot of people noticed was the offensive line did not do anything that made uh, me super excited they they didn't they the running game was effective but i think it especially got more effective in the second half i think just from attrition but ready cook saw a lot of pressure from a louisiana tech team if louisiana tech can put pressure on what is you know georgia gonna and florida gonna do to uh, this offensive line and so you always in the offensive line can always get better they can always gel but that was definitely a an area of concern for sure and then I, I i know something i tweeted was depth chart i'm not saying brady cook shouldn't be the starter he's he's got he he threw the ball okay and he obviously is talented with his legs but i don't know about you guys but when jack abraham came in you no know, a lot of people go to college for seven years he immediately seemed noticeably more comp looked better throwing the football you know what i mean like he seemed to make decisions faster, get the ball out faster. He seemed to be more accurate. I'm just like, and so I'm sort of in having this battle with myself. Do I want this, the accuracy and sort of the the quarterback pocket presence of Abraham, or do I want the the legs of, of Brady Cook? You're gonna have to have somebody that scrambles with that offensive line at this point. Uh, You're probably that, right, K. Bob. The the other thing I was like, they started that Schrader kid, and I'm sure I know he they they brag about how polished he is, but Pete looked better than him. A lot better. And like Elijah Young only had like three carries for like 30 yards. And then Mike Cox, they pulled Mike Cox out Mm -hmm. and they jammed it down the uh, throat of Louisiana Tech. I think people were waiting and waiting to see Mike Cox. 
Yeah. Yeah. We all want to see Mike Cox. And Mike Cox didn't disappoint. It never does. I just thought, like, why is I understand this kid is polished, but like if he's not the best person, why is he starting? Brady Cook's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Brennan, I think ultimately I think Brady Cook's gonna be fine. He's fine. But the I, word I would use is fine. I, I thought Abraham was sharper too. Of course it was a much smaller sample size and a different point in the game. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm willing to give Cook. I'm w- willing to hear Cook out. You know what I mean? Like, it, did he look the greatest well, in the I'm world? Not no. To his head. I just, yeah. I just don't want this to be year three of Drinkwitz not understanding who the best quarterback on his team is. The first season we had Sean Robinson, who immediately got replaced and ended up playing safety. And then last year we had Basilak, who was middling, and then only had one leg, and we wouldn't play Brady Cook to the fucking bowl game. And now we've got Brady Cook. And like again, Brady Cook did nothing that makes that he should lose his job for. But it, the way Abraham looked and my the history that Drinkwitz has with quarterbacks, I have some concern that maybe the best quarterback isn't playing. Yeah. I'm not saying I, it, it is happening, but it, I definitely have a concern. And then after watching the running back play, I'm like, that Schrader kid should not be starting. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then you get deeper into the woods with defensive linemen. And in offensive linemen and in position groups where you're just not as intimately familiar with the players, and it makes you go, who is on the bench that should be playing right now? For scoring 52 points and winning in convincing fashion, I'm I'm having a lot of concern. I know, but it just I'm a heartless pessimist, I suppose. Well, you are looking at a team that has had players on the bench that when they did get to play because of something came out, were the best fucking player on the team. Yeah, you know, <laughs> See, man, what was this? Yeah, Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it, we have a history of this at Mizzou. Like this guy's sitting on the bench and they put him in all of a sudden pat him on the ass and oh my god, he's almost an all American. Yeah. So Well, and Cody Schrader, I think people want that story to pan out. You know, he's coming from Truman State and he didn't look terrible, but he didn't look no, he as had a good. Fine game. He just didn't look like the best running back out there. Yeah, he didn't I'm not sure he was the, the second best running back. Nate Pete was clearly should be the starter against Kansas State. You know, and I'm willing to say too that that Drinkowitz was looking at this game as a just sort of another practice, like to settle his depth chart. You know, if if Nate Pete is starting at running back next week, I'll have I'll feel a lot more I'll feel a lot better about Drinkowitz and the depth chart. Maybe he's like, oh, I mean, because he had to see it too. Everybody saw it. I mean, I've talked to several people about the game and unprovoked said. Nate Pete's the best running back. Everybody, it was pretty clear to everybody. And I, I also talked to a couple people who mentioned the quarterback stuff with Abraham too. So I, I know this aren't things that, that just that I saw. I did want to mention, you know, so many of the players that started this game were transfers who we'd never seen anything from. You had Joseph Charleston who had an interception and a touchdown. He came to us from Should've Clemson. That's right. But like you'd mentioned, Colin, on a previous show that we're getting guys from Oregon and Clemson and, and Florida now. Um, and, you know, it used to be from Rice, you know. So those guys are showing up. And, you know, uh, obviously Tyron Hopper, I think, on defense was the was the biggest star in the transfer pool. But uh, Abraham looked good. Um, a lot of the defensive guys look good. I mean, the defense was so much better. I, mean, I think it's worth noting. Because I think people are looking at the season and saying, oh, Missouri, you know, outsiders say, oh, they're six and six, four and eight. You know, people have no confidence in us. But what I saw is a team that has flaws, obviously, 
but that is markedly improved over last year. And that includes Brady Cook as a market improvement over Connor Bazelak. And I was watching Connor Bazelak for Indiana tonight. And I'm like, oh, thank God he's not our starting quarterback anymore because he's absolutely a statue and he's not that great of a passer. And, and Cook, for all his flaws, he is mobile, you know, and, and when he has to scramble, he can scramble. And, it, you know, that that adds a dimension, you know, plays break down and you can actually make something of it. And then actually having a defense that you, you know, God, that Tennessee game last year was just a fucking nightmare. We just couldn't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. It was an embarrassment. It's, it's the number one embarrassment on Drinkowitz's tenure here at Mizzou. And it doesn't well, look like we're going to yeah. do that anymore. Yeah, it, it was awful. And I'll say this from somebody that uh, doesn't know much here, and all I do is coach fucking nine-year-olds at football. But when you have somebody like Luther Burden, you don't have to throw the ball down the field to get a touchdown out of a guy like that mm-hmm. you have to get the ball in his hands and that's i try to explain it to nine and ten year olds all the time that we don't run go routes all the time because <laughs> some of those kids are better low athletes. percentage shots yes they are and if you're a better athlete than anybody on the field and have the ball in your hands most of the time you're going to outmaneuver those other people so i feel like cooks there can scramble and get them out of shit and as long as he can get the ball in the area and 10 yards they have a chance of moving the ball down the field. The whole Basilac thing, like he couldn't, he, he's just there. He, he either has to throw it down the field or he's getting smashed. Yeah. So at least Cook on that end of it gives you a fighting chance if your offensive line breaks down, I think. That might be how they look at it. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just a run dumb. I don't know shit. I, I mean, I'm rooting for Brady Cook. And he, like, again, he had a fine game. It was fine. Fine. But I just feel like we, with Luther Burden, and not just Luther Burden, you know, love it and dove. We've got a good receiving core, and I just want to make sure we're utilizing it. And when that tight end, uh, what was it, Stevenson wasn't fumbling, he looked Stevens. Good. Incorrect. What they say is wrong with him. Oh, you're talking about um, Looper. Yeah, yeah. They didn't uh, say. They haven't said, yeah. but he said he's out for six to eight weeks, and people are like sending their thoughts and prayers, and yeah, it's, that's, that's kind of disconcerting. I don't know, but yeah, um, he was he was, should have started. You know what I mean? He would have started under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering because today I knew he was going last night, and then today they're like six weeks, and I'm like, well, that's not an illness. Six weeks is is something major. Well, that's the thing too. You know, if if you if you tear your ACL, they'll say you tore your ACL, and when they yeah. say undisclosed, it, it does make you worry. And I mean, yeah. number one, you hope he's all right. I almost wonder if he doesn't have a blood clot. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I think we should definitely spend a lot of time speculating on people, some, some person's health conditions. <laughs> we probably should. But I'm just saying, if he had a blood clot, he played on the 95 Nebraska Huskers. He, he'd have been down three days. They'd have fixed him up. He'd start a national championship. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. knows how to get rid of a blood clot out of legs of people. So Coach is not a rub dirt in it. Yeah, so you know, Kansas State is next. And, I mean, this is a highly anticipated game. We're going on the road to play the Kansas State Wildcats, and we're hearing from everyone who's ever been associated with Manhattan, Kansas, or the university that uh, they're going to murder Mizzou. And so I don't – I mean, Kansas State is probably not the worst team in the Big 12, and they think they're on the up and up. They're supposed to be a pretty salty team. But I'm not uh, ready to count us out just yet, you know? No, not at all. I'm just saying they're supposed to be pretty good. They're certainly going to be better than Louisiana Tech. But yeah, honestly, with Louisiana Tech, I don't. I don't think they're supposed to be a dog within their own conference. Well, they were three and eight last year, four and eight or something. They weren't great. Yeah, they're they're not awful. But as long as Bill Snyder doesn't walk out and start coaching, then we're real fucked. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kansas State's Messiah. At this point, I think he's going to have to 
Bill Schneider probably need a jazzy power chair to get out there and coach. I don't know if he. I mean, the guy's a hundred and eight. He's almost as he's almost as old as our back quarterback. You no, know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. Him and Phil Fulmer are still waiting for the call, though. You know they are. Phil's <laughs> on ready. As chesty as Kansas State fans have been online, I do really, really, really want to win this game. Not only to go two and zero and have a, a you know a power five road win, but just to stick it up their asses because I, you know we're going to hear a lot of SEC bullshit talk if we lose this game. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like we're a team that can. We have no expectations. You know, even the the most generous sports reporters are you know calling for maybe a six and six, seven and six kind of year for the Tigers. So there's not a high expectations for us. We're clearly better than we were last year. And we were a 500 team last year. Maybe our schedule is a little bit harder. I don't know, but I just feel like there's wins to be had and nobody's expecting it from us. And so we're always, you know, anytime we go into a game and people are under rating us, that's the years that Mizzou does best. You've alluded to the freshmen and the transfers and all that, Brennan, like there's certainly something to be said for this team probably needs some time to gel. A lot of those players have not been on the field together except in practice. Well, I and feel so, like eight doesn't strike the fear of anybody, really. I mean, when's the last time that they really – was it like Michael Bishop and Darren Sproles there that they're like, well, Kansas State's really fucking good. They're a middling team. They are Mizzou. They mm-hmm. are just there all the time. Like, they're not going to come out and curb stomp us. It's not happening. All <laughs> No, I'll don't, lick, don't say things like that out loud. I'll lick a butthole if it fucking does, if they curb stomp us. You guys pick whose it is. Well, you're going to have to be more specific about the butthole, Caleb, because I know you'll lick a butthole already. Yeah, you yeah, won a competition. So your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. well, you guys got me there. You know I love to lick a butthole. It's not really any kind of uh, bad deal. Well, show me your butthole. <laughs> yeah, like right here, you know. I just, I just want people to show me the butthole all the time. So, I just don't think Kansas huh, curbs. Show me that butthole. <laughs> I'm gonna come. <laughs> they don't strike fear in me. I don't know. I just don't think in college kids' minds, if you're playing for Mizzou now, you're like, oh fuck, we got to play Kansas State. Yeah, can't diet Kansas uniforms in college football. I'd be more scared of going to Wichita and getting robbed than I would be getting beat by Kansas State. So, <laughs> I mean, have you ever been to Wichita? There's like four four things there, and, and three of them are Sonics, and other is a dude with a knife that'll steal your wallet. So, <laughs> have you ever been to Manhattan, Kansas? Yeah, I've been to Manhattan too. It's awesome. Uh, it's got a lot of things too. So, yeah, <laughs> the whole state of Kansas is just a big uh, big shithole. Yeah, wow. it is Kansas is playing tonight. We'll have to cover that in Kansas news. But uh, I don't know probably as much as I ought to know about the Kansas State team as we're coming up on it. We'll talk about it in the midweek show. But I don't know. I just think that this, this is a Missouri team, while young and flawed, we have talent. And if you've got talent, you have breakout potential and you can make big plays. And, you know, we basically our entire offense was Tyler Beatty last year, and we're not that anymore. And we had no defense last year, and now we do. So that we can't help but improve, right? So like we, you're going to have a chance in any game, especially a game against Kansas State, who isn't Alabama. It's easier to have optimism, too, because the defense played well. You know I mean? The defense applied pressure. It had it t- made turnovers. The linebackers were infinitely improved over last year. So that, it, it makes it easier to feel good about uh, the season in general. I just want to say I'm proud of the Tigers, really. You know, we got this far into this conversation. I'm proud. They won their first game. It's a good thing. 
Yeah. I'm going to be candidate so we don't have to mouth you next week. <laughs> and we won convincingly. You know, that hasn't always been the case in week one. In fact, some years we don't even win. Wyoming. Yeah. You know, we didn't Wyoming it this year. It's a good thing. We started off well. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, why don't we take our first break and come back, and uh, we'll, we've got some phone calls. And uh, we've got, of course, Kansas news. And we'll look ahead to SEC around the horn. This is the Mazzotcast. <laughs> Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. back and since we have our first game of the year why don't we jump right into the Mazadcast mailbag here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to wail and i'll remind you these come in order chronologically so they start out prior to the game and end up in the end so uh that's you know the tone changes and i hope phil's on here <laughs> coming out hot coming out yep. hot. i do love that uh i think that phil lives uh, near lindbergh uh, avenue so next time i'm in st louis at the honky talk i'm, I'm gonna call phil i'm gonna get a hold of him and me and phil are gonna burn that fucker down yeah well luckily he doesn't have to burn himself <laughs> down since you're on the show i thought yeah, i saw man. phil today and this i'm not no joke in here i you know i don't know where phil's from i don't know anything about phil but i was on the corner of providence and stadium right at the stadium the actual football stadium at a red light, and I see this like beat up black like Bronco with like a smashed in quarter panel, and uh, I hear root, 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 and it's the Columbia police, and there's a cop on his tail, and he's lighting up his cherries and pulling the guy over. He pulls over, he li- stops his beat up Bronco on sort of the island at the corner of the intersection, and I. I- I can see the guy, and he, he's like a white guy, mid-50s. He's got, like, AirPods in his ears, and he's, like, windows down, sort of, like, yelling back at the cop and starting to get out of the vehicle. And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, what's happening here? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is this is probably super fan Phil. Anyway, and this is, this is all a true story. The cop starts to get out, and they're having an exchange, and the guy does get back in his vehicle. But he hits the gas, blasts through the intersection, and takes off. And we have a high-speed chase situation because the cop, I can see, he's, like, ready to ride him up and getting his ticket book out. And he's like, fuck, this guy's on the move. And <laughs> I've never seen an actual, like, car chase in real life, but it happened. And I just assumed that it was Phil. 
it may well have been still had to get back to Lindbergh Avenue and, and uh, St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, uh, self-emolulate. Uh, he probably came down here. The fishing's been good down in mid-Missouri. Phil's a big fisherman, so probably came down here and caught him a, caught him a limit of crappie and heading back to St. Louis. <laughs> it been over the limit and didn't want to pay that ticket. Well, I, I hope, Phil, I hope you got away from the Johnny Law. Good luck to you, Phil. Boy, this play calling better get a lot better real fucking quick. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we felt the same way. Well, retweet. Man, I'm already over this game this season. We've had two just not great drives, a bunch of screens, and just a bunch of boring football. My absolute burden run. Oh, God. It's only game one. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mizzou fans are damaged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been hurt. Well, boys, the depression has officially set in. The second quarter, we did score a touchdown, thank fucking God, but only because Gary Pinkle was up in the booth. <laughs> that man is Jesus Christ to me. I have a shrine of him in my corner of the room. They ought to have an earpiece for him just to go straight in to drink with his face. Yeah, they did interview Pinkle with Steck as the sort of color commentator. Um, I, I will say this. I love Gary Pinkle, too, but as a broadcaster, he is a football coach. Yeah, he is. I like to thank him, yeah, too. I'd say the same about Steck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fans are like guys. I've only ever dated nurses. It's like a bipolar disorder. You know, there's only ups and there's only downs. There's no in between on this. So I feel these guys that already are down about the season, but they'll get back up here in a little bit. You know, that nurse that they're dating, she'll take her pills. She'll get better. <laughs> then she'll wreck her fucking Nissan Altima right into something. But okay, go ahead. Hello, you shite bags. Once again, Kevin from Kirkwood, and Eli Drinkwood needs a sounding board. He he needs the play calling taken out of his hand. I'm not disagreeing that he's a good offensive mind. I'm not disagreeing that he's a good football mind, but he just needs to realize he's not as smart as he thinks he is, and he needs somebody else to call plays. He needs to focus on game management. He needs to focus on, you know, head coach-related things. He just needs to have somebody else's hand at the tiller. M-I-Z. Brennan, yeah, you know on that the, the game management thing, they did kick that fucking field goal, a timeout left, and time on the clock. Why they didn't take a shot? Is this just because it's Louisiana Tech, or what's think, happening right now? Yeah, I think in case they fumbled the snap. <laughs> yeah, well, Virginia Tech did that tonight. I, you know, I saw that too, and I tweeted something out, and it didn't get a lot of traction. And I'm always a little hesitant. I'm like, well, I'm not the world's greatest football mind. Am I an idiot? But I'm like, there's seven seconds left. You know, you're inside the 10. Take a shot. You know, like, take a shot. And uh, and they didn't. They just, like, left the ta- timeout on the table and knocked in the field goal. We have the thicker kicker. It's a sure three points. But I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, do a quick play. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least you made, you took your shot. Guys, the season especially is a half of the football. And I don't give a quarterback. I have Brady Cook proves me wrong, shuts my mouth and everything, but I am not impressed by his accuracy. I mean, once again, a conference play, this got to be better. Defense looks good, but, man, we need to improve a quarterback. M-I-Z. What's up, boys? I'm loving the defense in the first half. Uh, the touchdown shots are going down smooth. Touchdown Luther's been treating me right. I wasn't crazy about some of the play calls. Uh, the fumble was a bit inopportune, so I think we should be up by more than, uh, than we are right now. And overall, feeling pretty good. I do need to see more out of Brady Cook. I'm not a fan of this short game and then only shots to Luther. I like more intermediate shit. 
if we don't trust him to throw the ball, maybe Sam Horn gets in against one of these softer teams earlier in the schedule. But uh, Brady took a turn around the second half, and I'll shut the fuck up. M-I-Z. And he did kind of turn it around the second half. He did. Listen, guys, I've been saying this since I got all drunk, got all happy for the opener today. Eli got to get a fucking offensive coordinator, dude. Don't give him that same excuse like, oh, we're, you know, he's saving the playbook for Kansas State. That's just not happening. All screens. It's all inside zone runs, and it's all throws that Brady Cook can't co- can't complete. He's not the quarterback of the future. Eli needs to get someone that can call plays, man. These plays are not it. M-I-Z. Listen, the play calling in the first quarter, first half, really, I mean, people have a right to be mad. I mean, it, it was even some of the uh, less reactionary uh, places on Twitter, you know, the press box super friends. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. Even they were kind of like, what's going on with this play calling? And so, I mean, it's, it was brutal. The first series, the first series where you're just like, everything's scripted. They threw backwards. It's insane. It was an insane choice to make. And it made me just right out of the gate, like, holy shit, Drinkwitz may be not the answer. Well, I'm not saying he's not the answer, but I, that's how distraught I was by the play call. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this, this is what you come out with. I mean, this... Well, I think the guy had it right earlier where most football coaches just think they're smarter than what they actually are. Or they th- think they're definitely smarter than the other coach. So, you know, they come out there and call those plays and think everyone is going to work because they worked in practice when you're going half speed, you know, against a defense that does not give a fuck. So, anyway, that could be what it is, Anyway, too. so I get it. I, I get that sentiment. Like I said, it opened up a little bit in the second half. And I, I had a little less, little less concern, but this guy's concern is valid based on the play calling in the first yeah. half. Well, it, say, it was, it was suspect. I'll say this about Drinkwitz though. Uh, unlike Barry Odom or even a lot of years in Gary Pinkle, he makes halftime adjustments. He makes mid game adjustments. And we injected the running back core more into the second half. The play calling opened up a little bit. He adjusted. So I'll, I'll give him that. All right. Hear me out. We hired Tony Sperano. As the offensive coordinator, run Luther Bolton Wildcat like these 08 Miami Dolphins rest season. Don't have to watch this short, compressed pass, horizontal pass game. MIZ, let's hope for a good one, boys. File the offensive coordinator thing under complete never going to happen shit. I mean, Drinkwitz is not going to hand the keys to the offense to somebody else. It's not happening. And I'm not even certain that it should happen. But even if it was going to, it's just Drinkwitz is never going to do that. That offense is what he does. Yeah, even if he should it's do just, it. Yeah, I mean, I just it's not happening. No, it ain't happening. All right, so this is RC, not the cola. The game just <laughs> ended. I want to talk specifically about the play calling. Holy shit, was it hot garbage hobo cum? Hot garbage hobo cum. I wanted to shoot my fucking brains out <laughs> with all the screen passes. Please, yeah. for the love of God, stop. With the screen passes, just stop. There was definitely a waft of hobo cum. Hobo cum. On the call, play calling for a while. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say that that's right. In the first half, I will say there was a, a couple drips of cum, specifically of the hobo variety. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I was. I was afraid that whole game was going to turn to an old-fashioned soup kitchen. But um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, like I said, they 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 got things straightened out. Yeah. Less spray. What's poppin', folks? It's youth consultant Connor, now upgraded to freshman Connor, just <laughs> exiting the stadium. Drink's play calling was kind of shit, but the defense gives me a lot of hope. 
Jury's still out on Cook, but yeah, overall, I think Drake's play calling was like a shitty version of Kyle Shanahan, but Blake Baker's defense looked pretty good. So, deuces, guys. Good to have uh, youth consultant Connor back. I think his voice broke. I was going to say, what I don't this freshman Connor stuff he's talking about, he's youth consultant Connor. He's, he's so much younger than us, Brendan, that um, he can really be youth consultant Connor for several years. Well, now he can buy cigarettes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wait, no, they moved the age up on that, didn't they? Sorry, yeah. no cigarettes for you, Connor. Twenty-one to buy them because I sent some kids to buy me chew and they turn them down. And that's right. No, you, he can't buy cigarettes, but he can go to war. Yeah, he can do that. It's horseshit, basically, is what it is. <laughs> I want to send my lackeys to the store to buy my tobacco. <laughs> hey, Mazarcast, it's Tucson A7 down here in good old Fort Walton Beach, uh, getting uh, home of the Gators and uh, some Seminoles and Bama and Auburn because they all—it's all a hot mess down here. Hot dog water. Hot dog water. But uh, no. Good game. Start off a little slow. Rolled it out toward the end. Brady looked good. Brady, I mean, he had his hiccups, but he looked solid. Luther, he again, I mean, he had his hiccups and kept on going. He got touchdowns. He looked good. And defense looked solid. I love hearing Steckle and Pinkle up in the booth. That was awesome. That was great. Got some stuff to work on, but you couldn't really ask for more for a uh, first game. And uh, let's go into K-State and... Uh, Let's put a hurting on them. M-I-Z. We're, we've been kind of negative for a team that just won by like over 30 points and really did everything they were asked to do, and uh, we should be looking at the positive. Well, when you're braiding a football game, it's a little bit like a comedian talking about his mother-in-law. You know, like, no one wants to hear you tell a story about how great your mother-in-law is. And everybody wants to hear stories about what a big, fat cunt she is. That's what makes people <laughs> laugh. And so, and like, it's kind of the same with the show. It's like... Well, yeah, Luther Burton looked good, and we scored a lot of points. The defense was good, but here's some things. You, you have to talk about them. It's, it's entertaining, and you can't pretend they don't they don't exist. Yeah, and we have some big teams on the schedule down the road, and you're going to be prepared for what's coming. Sean and Kansas City, gentlemen. Uh, overall, pretty good. couple disturbing – I mean, really, literally, they only scored on two bad pass plays, one good pass play. Hopefully, that's just week one – People fucking up. Besides that, uh, who knew Dave Steckle was worse at calling games than he is calling defense and SEC championships? <laughs> Besides that, not, not bad. Not bad. Luther Bird is a fucking beast. Everything we wanted. MIZ. Yeah, Steck. I love him, but uh, he wasn't born to be a broadcaster. I'd like to apologize for my previous comments. I'm sorry for leaving so many voicemails as well. Our people were pretty good tonight. You know, they put up some pretty good numbers. It was just Brady Cook that wasn't, he wasn't all world, but it, it's fine. We can build on this. I hope he gets better. Right. I might. Hey, it's uh, Cole from Twitter. Uh, MIZ C fan. Uh, just kind of giving a recap on the game. Um, after sleeping on it, didn't want to get like a reactionary kind of uh, synopsis, but I think overall uh, played pretty well, pretty much everybody. Uh, the secondary, aside from giving up like one or two big plays, played pretty darn good. I think D-line do might be back. Uh, it's obviously too early to say, but, you know, giving up 11 rushing yards is pretty phenomenal. Brady settled in after a series or two, obviously. Luther Burden is insane. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to uh, see what happens the rest of the season. And also, shout out to the students. All the students that showed up yesterday, you guys were insane and loud and phenomenal. So, 
keep it up, MIZ. Yeah, it wasn't a huge crowd. It was just under 50,000, but the student section was big, and it was a complete reversal on the years past where the alumni had always picked up the slack, and the alumni always came to the games. There's a lot of holes in the alumni side, and the student section was good. Thursday night, something after 7 o'clock, all the blue hairs were in bed. Yeah, that's right. What's up, gang? Carolina Jackpot. Looking forward to a new season. It's going to be a good one, guys. But it's Friday night, actually, uh, one night after your game. Good showing by you all, by the way. And I'm watching the Bethesda sack. Holy shit. Y'all have got to be happy that this fucker hit the down transfer portal. He can't complete a forward pass against fucking Illinois. It's fucking horrible. It's true. Anyway, he may want to try to take that Bethesda sack to the porn industry or something. I don't know. You know, I heard one of the Bang Bus brothers died. From VD, so they may be looking for a replacement. But uh, football ain't his down forte. Bucker needs to hit the road. M I Z Z O E N U. Good to hear from Carolina Jackpot again. Always good. We got a lot of calls. We got a lot of listeners. To this shitty show. All right, fellas. Uh, so that's what the listeners had to think. And why don't we take a look at what's coming ahead? We're doing this on a Friday night, even though it's the post game show. Most Brennan, of the football is on Saturday. Yeah, that wasn't even all the callers because you didn't uh, let anybody. It was like two and three minutes long. Didn't even get make the cut. Yeah, well, that's a standing rule. If you uh, talk for two minutes, it's not your podcast. <laughs> it's our podcast yeah. so uh <laughs> give us a shorter take man we got a lot of people calling in uh, so okay. sorry you can talk as long as you want or ian <laughs> that's right if you're ian the antler you just give us a soliloquy and we'll let you play it but uh you know if you're just a guy and you've got four minutes of uh, hot takes yeah, probably not gonna make the cut start your own podcast you <laughs> stupid bastard <laughs> That's right. Okay, let's go around the horn with the SEC. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. Colin, you know what to do. Why don't you boot up the old Paul Feinbot? Are we good? Alabama. Alabama. Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us again, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. So I guess the first game on Saturday is Texas A&M, who is number six in the nation, playing Sam Houston State. Yeah, don't you think over a lot of these games we can just roll right through them? Because what the fuck? What's to talk about with this game? Uh, Texas A&M is a 30-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Uh, Sam Houston State has no chance to win that game. So yeah. I guess we can move on afternoon games. Sure. Our better ones. Georgia plays Oregon. Georgia at 3, Oregon at 11, ranking. That should be a pretty good football game. Yeah, that's real football. I'll bet Georgia wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Well, we'll get to see real quick how good Georgia is, because I think Oregon... Oregon always has enough speed to stay with somebody for a little while. Georgia. Yeah. Well, that's not a surprise that he picked Georgia, but uh, I tend to agree with him. And then uh, number 23, Cincinnati, plays number 19, Arkansas. What do you think about this one, K. Bob? I mean, I would love Cincinnati to win, honestly. You know, I bet Cincinnati a lot. I always have. You know this. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, Cincinnati always has a team that no one picks to win 
everything, and they always seem to win like nine games a year. Six and a half point, Arkansas is the favorite in that one. Interesting line. I wouldn't bet it first game of the year, yeah. but uh, I'd like to see Arkansas lose. It would just tickle me fancy. Yeah, it's a lot to ask for Cincinnati to win on the road, but uh, a touchdown spread, I wouldn't want to touch it either. God, imagine how sweet, sweet the tears would be if Cincinnati went into Fayetteville and beats Arkansas right out of the gate and just crushes all of these huge, grandiose projections that the Arkansas fans have. You know what I mean? Like, they're just so convinced that they're going to be amazing and fucking, I would love Cincinnati to roll in nice and quiet and just shove a fat dick right in their ass. (laughs) They have so much faith in Sam Pittman, and there is something about Arkansas fans. They love a big, sweaty, fat turd as a coach, because, I mean, we heard all the same glory about freaking Brett Bielema, who didn't piss a drop when he was there. And now it's Sam Pittman is their hero, and I would love for the uh, some of the air to go out of his tires. And uh, fucking, uh, the, I don't know if you saw the there's this weird football account called Big Game Boomer or something like that. And really, all they do is they put up stupid surveys and stupid maps and just try to draw clicks. And for some reason or another, they posted the Missouri versus Arkansas all time record. And of course, Missouri's beaten Arkansas a ton. And the Arkansas people just go nuts about it. They make up all these stupid excuses on why they've lost every single game they've lost against Missouri. And then they claim all these wins in the future that they haven't gotten yet as a reason why we're going to – I don't know. Arkansas fans are terrible. They're like Tennessee fans, but they stink even worse. They're all still calling Tony Temple their daddy. <laughs> That's right. Paul, who do you like in this game? Arkansas. Uh, then 3 o'clock comes up on the schedule, and Troy takes on Ole Miss, ranked number 21 in the country. Yeah, this is a lot like the Texas A&M game for me. I don't think there's much to talk about here. Is this a no, team full of guys named Troy, or is this just like – Yeah, that's why universe? they never win. Do you know anybody named Troy? <laughs> That just dominates in football. I mean, Aikman's in the Hall of Fame, and he has the worst stats of any quarterback of all time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just being called Troy, you're definitely uh, going four and eight. Yeah, I don't think uh, the Lane train is going to have any trouble with him. You're, you're a guy that received a uh, Lane Kiffin autographed helmet this week, did you not, Brendan? <laughs> That's right. Somehow or another, uh, Lane Kiffin sent uh, my newborn twin boys a, uh, a signed old Miss helmet, along with two... Lane Kiffin bobblehead dolls, which uh, they're going to go somewhere on the on the shelf. But I appreciated it. I've got drink wits and, and, and then the note he said, "Boys, you can hide your cocaine in these." Yes, and that's that's right. They do have a compartment, and it is labeled for cocaine. So we'll teach them, teach them right. Paul, who you got in this game? <laughs> Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thanks, Coach Kiffin, and thanks, Coach Drink, for the uh, was, gift to the boys. Was, moving into the evening games, number seven, Utah. Uh, looks like they go into uh, the swamp at Florida to play an unranked Florida team. What's the spread on this one? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I was looking at it earlier today. So Utah ranked number seven in the country. Florida unranked, but playing in Florida. Florida is a two-point underdog in this game, playing the seventh-ranked team in the country. That is weird. I wonder if the line has moved. Somehow I felt like I – well, I was looking at these scores last week when we were doing the show, and I feel like Utah had a, had a – the spread was larger, but maybe not. Maybe I'm imagining things. Well, I can tell you that from what I saw, it's – and I don't always look at this one. It was Caesars on there. When it opened, Florida started off as a one-point favorite and has now worked its way to a two-point dog. 
I don't know what to think of Florida this year. I mean, nobody has high expectations for them, but they all think they can beat Mizzou. I mean, I look at this game as one that Mizzou can steal is the Florida game. I don't know. That's, we've done it before. You know, I shouldn't say that uh, it's optimistic. We have certainly done it before, but well, I guess we'll find out a lot about Florida this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Same Florida. time, six. Oh, sorry, Paul. Yeah. Paul, you Paul fuck you. Florida. I know who you're picking. Yeah. Uh, Miami of Ohio. Visits the University of Kentucky, who is ranked number twenty in this country. God, you know your your Miami sucks when you have to tell people it's the one in Ohio. Yeah, it ain't the U. Yeah, that's right. Part of their name. You know what I mean? Like, hey, don't get your hopes up. It's not that Miami. (laughs) The Hurricanes don't say we're Miami of Florida. Yeah, I think Kentucky wins that by a couple touchdowns also. I agree. And then uh, same time, we get Mercer going to play Auburn. Mercer's already played a game and won, so they're ahead of Auburn at the moment, you know. But again, Auburn should dismantle them. Yep, Auburn. And then we'll skip past, yeah, they want to talk about that. And then Vanderbilt uh, plays Elon Musk, and it's a team of Teslas. And I think Elon wins by six touchdowns because I don't think Vandy can tackle a Tesla. No, it's tough. They just have to run down the battery. Fourth quarter, yeah. fourth quarter, the Teslas don't do as well. No, they don't. But I'm sure by the end of the game, Elon will impregnate at least 16 different Vanderbilt women. It's <laughs> probably true with this pasty skin. Yeah. So that game sucks, too. I don't know anybody that would watch that game that is not going to school at Vanderbilt or Elon. Vanderbilt. Um, and then next on the schedule is uh, South Carolina playing. They get Georgia State, I believe, is mm-hmm. who they have. That's who I see. 12.5-point favorite South Carolina is, which against the Georgia State, 12.5 is not a lot of points. No, I thought uh, the same thing. Georgia State may be better than I think, or uh, South Carolina is way worse than what they ought to be at this point in time. So, mm-hmm. anyway. And then we get into big boy football. Alabama at 6.30 at night playing the absolute monster of Utah State. <laughs> God. This is, I mean, honestly... Caleb, you talk about Vanderbilt Elon being an unwatchable football game. I think Alabama Utah State is less watchable to me. Yeah, the uh, 41.5, 41.5 uh, Alabama is favored in this game with an over of 63, and I'd almost bet both of those. Alabama. Yeah, it, Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban. Yeah, we know Paul. It's like watching a guy get kicked in the ribs till he just starts peeing blood. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not why, cool. I mean, it's just It's not great. Not good football, but. Mississippi State gets uh, Memphis in the rain. It's supposed to be raining down there, they say, too. You know, that's you got to know that thing for uh, betting. Yeah. But 16-point favorite Mississippi State and Memphis. That's also a turd burger of a game that no one's going to watch. I, mean, I tell you this, I think Colin and I talked about this game when we were doing the Around the Horn last week, and I kind of dismissed it and said Mississippi State's going to win it. Uh, Mrs. Mazodcast told me after she listened to the show, said that uh, – she took umbrage with it because she said Memphis always gives people trouble and plays better than expected. And 16 and a half is a lot of points. I don't know if they're going to beat Mississippi State, but it might be a good one to bet, at least according to the misses. I hate doing first game of the seasons against teams that I know nothing about. Well, you don't I'll know do anything it. about anything, I feel like, this year, especially with the transfer portal and everything. Like, how can you know anything about any of these teams? You could bet college basketball, and I could do pretty good just by you take name a team. You know they're going to be pretty good against another team. College football is such a different animal. It's hard to tell. And she's right. Memphis can come out, win 10 games this year, and not be ranked for nine of those weeks. Like, yeah. no one would know. All of a sudden, you're like, well, you know, Memphis is 10-0. and 0. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I I, I think I still think Mississippi State will win, but uh, you know I might put yeah. money on Memphis. And then we got a Sunday matchup. Yeah, Florida State playing LSU at six thirty on Sunday night. That's an interesting game too. Yeah. Florida State's played a game already. They played. Yeah. I don't even remember who the fuck they played, but they did win the game. But LSU is only a three and a half point favorite in this game and it is at LSU. Yeah. So. This is, you know, LSU isn't what they once were. Florida State isn't what they once were. I really don't know what to make of this one. I was reading about LSU the other or I guess it was maybe it was this morning, but uh I don't know, they don't sound like they're as I guess as uh defenseless as I thought they might be. I think they might be okay based on what I was reading. I don't know, I'll go with LSU anyway. And is that it for the Game's coming up. That's all I see. I don't see anything on Monday. They're not playing on Labor. No Labor on Labor Day. Yeah. Well, we did, other than the Missouri game, uh, there was another Thursday game. Obviously, Tennessee played Ball State. And uh, I think it was Tennessee 59, Ball State 10. For whatever the Missouri-Louisiana Tech game told us, I don't know what the, you know, Tennessee's clobbering of Ball State tells us either. No, it doesn't tell you shit. Ball State, the only thing Ball State's known for is producing that idiot fucking Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Jason Whitlock's a Ball Stater? Yeah, Ball Stater. Even though on Twitter he tells people he played quarterback at Michigan State. Uh, he, or Michigan or somewhere, fuck who knows. Anyway, yes, Jason Whitlock went to school at Ball State and then uh, made his home in Kansas City and then left this town. Thank you. Thank God. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. And then uh, Vandy clobbered Hawaii. I was watching that game, and Vanderbilt looked terrible early. I was tweeting about it. And then uh, the wheels fell off for Hawaii, and I thought, even if Vanderbilt loses, they get a nice trip to uh, Honolulu out of the deal. So, win-win. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. So, that's what's coming up this weekend, and I guess we have successfully gone around the horn. Okay, fellas, so uh, we've done some football business, and it's time to get into the important news segment we do each and every week. It's once again time for Kansas News. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, a scammer targets Kansas man for a fake $2,500 refund through bank account. Digital payment scams getting attention from federal lawmakers. So Taylor Witt was hoping for a refund from U.S. Bank or Zelle after he said he fell for a sophisticated scam. I'm going to stop him right there. I doubt it was that (laughs) sophisticated. Witt emailed KMBC Investigates for help after he said someone stole $2,500 from his U.S. bank account through a fake refund scam. Witt said the scammer called him from a number impersonating his bank's fraud department. The scammer told him his bank account was hit with a fraudulent transaction, convincing Witt to go through the refund process. Reluctant at first, he said the scammer convinced him to look at the back of his debit card and compare the telephone number to the caller ID on his cell phone and the numbers matched. Witt said that he tried to get U.S. Bank to refund the money, but so far the bank has not budged. They said, no refund for you being an idiot. Yeah. So you willingly gave your credit card information to someone on the phone, (laughs) and now you want us to pay you back. (laughs) This is our problem somehow, yeah. It was just very devastating. He said, it just didn't register with me that the person warning me of fraud was the one trying to take my money. (laughs) He said it was, was, you know, complicated, elaborate, whatever. I mean, he was right. (laughs) He said he wasn't going to stick his finger up my ass, and then he stuck his finger up my ass. (laughs) 
Scammers <laughs> really going to be pissed when they go to get that money, and it's all prairie dog pelt. That's true. That's true. He doesn't know the conversion rate, probably. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wit had seen news stories across the country of people falling for digital payment scams and yet still fell for it himself, I guess, along with a push by lawmakers to get banks to <laughs> refund people's money. Uh, a U.S. bank spokesperson said he was looking into Wit's situation. U.S. Bank provides tips on how to avoid being the victim of digital scams. Yeah. I mean, listen, banks are borderline criminals. Right. I mean, they, they sure. are, it, is a, it is a banks are an absolute scam in their own right. But this. This guy's an idiot, and if I was U.S. Bank, I'd be like, eat shit, butch. <laughs> hey, guys, just a question. Hey, what did your guys' dad do uh, for a living? Uh, he was a banker. Yes, he was a, he was a lifelong banker. <laughs> All right, just, just clear that up. Uh, I don't. See, I don't see the. I don't. I don't see <laughs> I the connection, Caleb. I don't. I really don't see the connection here. Uh, next. Uh, next. Uh, next story. <laughs> uh, don't worry, my dad loves when I give that speech in front of him. <laughs> Yeah, I bet he does. Why he counts his moldy money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if anything, it's just evidence that Colin knows what he's talking about when he says bankers. It's very, very true. He knows firsthand knowledge right there. All right. (laughs) And you also have firsthand knowledge of my dad's money because it is covered in mold. (laughs) Covered in mold. Yeah, that's true. It is in a pillow sack because he doesn't trust Max himself. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The next, <laughs> the next story uh, is kind I'll of keep my ears in a coffee can under my bed. Been that way forever. That's right. Um, the next story kind of is a throwback. I think you'll remember stories akin to this, even though it is a different individual. It reads: Kansas man convicted of illegal autopsies banned from business in the state. Hmm. I don't know why fake autopsies are so lucrative or why so many Kansans are trying to get away with it. This is the second time this has happened. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. Right yeah. We've had many, an, at least another guy, and I think it, the same guy on a couple of occasions, and now we've got a new Topeka guy. How much murder is going on that they need this many autopsies? Like, I just feel like, you know, people go into the hospital with cancer, and they die, and everybody's like, well, I suppose since they're in here because of the cancer, it was probably the cancer. <laughs> like how many die people are dying in Kansas of mysterious reasons that they need multiple people doing autopsies all the time, so much so that people can regularly mislead the public and say they're doing autopsies and have business. Well, well, no, several of them die from just staring at the sun, so yeah. they can't figure it out when they find <laughs> playing in the field, so they have to do an <laughs> autopsy. <laughs> they just look up when it rains and drown that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough place to be. And I think that Kansas also, they do autopsies in lieu of having hospitals. You know, people <laughs> people just die, and then they find out what happened they afterwards. They don't expect anyone to survive any sort of medical treatment. Or yeah. anything. They're just like, hey, bring the autopsy guy in here. And we'll tell you what he had after the or, fact. Well, they charge, they charge people by the pound at the uh, funeral home. So the more organs you can take out and deflate, the less <laughs> money you pay for them. It's true. Well, and there's just... And ultimately, Brennan, I'm assuming most people in Kansas die of some sort of threshing machine death. Yeah. So, I mean, do you really need an autopsy for that? It's threshing yeah, machines of- and prairie dog bites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard I heard about one guy that died. He got his arm caught in a fucking uh, wood splitter and died in Kansas. <laughs> he had bled overall. out. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine not being able to get out of the way of a wood splitter? I mean, a hydraulic wood splitter. They're not the fastest things in the world. No, it's not moving like Usain Bolt. It's moving like 
a turtle. Yeah. And uh, well, and, a stop. That, why is your arm anywhere near the place where the wood split being split? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all come with big stickers that say, keep arm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people from Kansas, they just can't help to know what it feels like. <laughs> it's interesting. We haven't even gotten into the story yet, but uh, a Topeka man convicted of performing illegal autopsies in the Kansas area is banned from doing business in the state. A jury convicted 42-year-old Sean Parcells in November related to providing autopsy services. He faces up to 20 years in prison when sentenced later this month. Parcells has lived in Leewood and Topeka. The Kansas Attorney General permanently banned Parcells from doing business in the state Wednesday and ordered him to pay $250,000 in restoration. I think we've discussed this. The last time we were talking about the guy doing the fake guy pretending to be an autopsy person, whatever. Anyway, I'm drunk. It's got to be a sex thing, right? Like, who decides, like, I'm going to fake a profession. It's going to be autopsies. Unless you want to spend a lot of time with dead bodies. Yeah. It's, it's a sex thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even, I mean, I just assumed he's having sex with the corpses. I didn't, I didn't even know if that's part of the story. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even worth mentioning. I mean, it's not even in there because everybody's just like, well, of course he's having sex with the corpses. Colin, Why else would he be doing that? The legitimate undertakers doing the autopsies also have sex with corpses. So it's not like this <laughs> yeah. is extraordinary, you know. It's a natural progression. People that went to college and had sex with a lot of sorority girls. So once you had a dead leg for four years, <laughs> you're going to keep on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize to the sorority girls listening right now. Yeah, we have yeah. a huge listener base of sorority girls. Um, the corporations were ordered to pay $250,000 in restitution to 82 customers related to private autopsy services. Parcells and the corporations were also ordered to pay another $200,000 penalty for violating Kansas's Consumer Protection Act, as well as a $200,000 penalty for violating Kansas's False Claims Act. Again, no damage is required for fucking the corpses. Mm, yeah, you can go do what you want. So yeah, in Kansas, like, why would we prosecute anybody for that? That's just a perk of the job. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if he's done anything right, that's it. Yeah. I mean, let's just—he just needs to thank his lucky stars that he's got that job and he's not working around a thresher. <laughs> that's right. All right, next story. This is one of these, sometimes we do these stories and the, the, the story changes mid-headline, and I think this is one of them. Kansas woman found naked in stranger's house pleads guilty to burglary. So, so I, you know, I don't know, you know what the nudity had to do with the burglary, but they're all tied together. Well, I can tell you just right off the bat, when I break into houses, I always go in nude and greased up, harder to catch. <laughs> <laughs> true now that does make sense chestnut checkers yeah. caleb chestnut you checkers put, you put enough lard on yourself if someone tries to shoot you the bullet will bounce off it's just science boys oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 39 year old linwood kansas woman and i'll show you the guys the photo 39 is not what i would have guessed pled guilty thursday to a burglary incident according to court records the leavenworth county sheriff's office responded to a reported burglary at a home near cantrell road the person who called the sheriff's office had found Amber Prince naked, lying on the floor of the residence, according to records. Definitely, she was an Amber. <laughs> it's an yeah. Amber situation, yeah. When law yeah. enforcement arrived, Prince was hallucinating and rummaging through items that belonged to the owners of the home. She was also wearing jewelry that belonged to the residents. Several items in the house were also found to be broken. Uh, this is the end of the story, but I want to keep on this because it sounds like a tweaker situation to me. For sure. It's just a typical Kansas tweaker. Imagine coming across that. Imagine coming home from a night out 
eating dinner, nice steak dinner, come home, and there's a naked Kansas tweaker laying in your floor. Oh, when you mix up all that stuff that they do to make that prairie dog piss hooch, (laughs) you you, you put that in your light bulb and smoke it. Sure. And it gets fucking weird, man. (laughs) She had the cognizance to to start robbing people, but she just couldn't follow through. (laughs) There are strange things going on in Kansas. God, I love them. Uh, okay, and the final story of the day. Caleb, maybe you can help me out with this one. I think Kansas was playing football tonight, weren't they? They did play football tonight. They actually uh, they actually won a football game. Uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like to visit that. Kansas won their football game tonight, 56-10, to 10, over, uh, over a Damn. team. And the, the team's name is TNTC. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone want to take a stab at that one? Well, I was watching it, so I feel like I got to bow out because I know who they are. But te- I thought it was like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure. When I first looked, it's all right, I'm safe the and I couldn't believe the turtles were going down like that because I know Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. And Splinter is a good coach. <laughs> Oh they, man, the turtles were totally pumped out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's all like the second half's coming, and I know that Sensei is going to talk to him, and no. I mean they're going to fuck people up. Like <laughs> all I know is most, we're going to wear out size everywhere. <laughs> we're going to wear out the Saved by the Bell '90s reference drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. After I looked at it for a little bit, it is not uh, it's not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thank God. Uh, that they <laughs> Thank like, God. Tennessee Tech. But I was so disappointed when I found out I wasn't even going to watch four swamp creatures and their rat coach <laughs> on the side. <laughs> like, that's disappointing. Well, you know, so four- they, they actually were playing a, a team that's primary uh, major is tractor repair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, four I, swamp creatures in their rat coach actually kind of describes the Kansas team. I wanted it to be like thirty-four to three at halftime, and then all of a sudden, like Casey Jones shows up with a hockey <laughs> mask and just fucks Kansas up for the next two quarters. April, anyway, April O'Neil with her pom poms on the sidelines. Yeah, April just getting it. All you kids understand what we're talking about. Yeah, Google it. The, oh, the, uh, you know, I saw I was watching a little bit of this game, just schadenfreude, I guess, hoping Kansas would be losing. And the announcers, you know, the announcers in these shitty games like this, they're always just the worst, you know. They make Dave Steckel look like Howard Cosell. But uh, this announcer goes, you know, this is a tough environment for Tennessee Tech to be coming into. And I don't know if you saw the crowd picture, but there were like 25 people at that Kansas game. And I'm like, this is a tough environment for you all to fucking be coming into. Like, where is a good environment? Because Jesus Christ, Kansas is practically a home game for almost everybody. Yeah, that no one shows up to those games. No one. So congratulations to uh, Kansas. I think you got your one and only win on the year, and uh, good for you. It's it's weird to wrap up Kansas news with a win, but so be it. That's, yeah. that's what week one's all about. They won't have very many of them. I'd also like to apologize to all the sorority girls that I offended a while ago. And if you girls want to prove me wrong that you're not dead legs, have your mom call me. <laughs> that's, that's right. Caleb's taking all comers, literally. All right, fellas. So, uh, like I said, we got Kansas State coming up next week. Uh, we got 
all the rest of the SEC coming up tomorrow. Football's back. It's good to be in fall, finally. It's fall, y'all. Oh, hey, we I'm, I'm, it's, I'm so out of practice. I completely forgot. We've got two things we need to cover. First of all, we've got to pick the uh, TJ Moe douche of the week. Douche of the week. And I don't know. Have you guys been uh, keeping up with your douchebag news? Well, not really like nationally, but I've got several douchebags locally I'd like to nominate, but no one will know. (laughs) (laughs) Throw them out there. (laughs) I'm going to keep it on the DL for right now. I'm going to save them for later in the year because they'll qualify year long. Well, Brendan, I think, uh, I mean, it's early in the season. I mean, we played before most of the other teams. It's hard to really dig into that douche uh, pile this early in the season without coaches having much podium time to say something ridiculous. So I think we just have to give it to the Arkansas fan base. Mm-hmm. Big game boomer, whoever tagged us in some fucking post about uh, the Mizzou versus Arkansas record, which we already knew was, uh, you know, dominant in Mizzou's mm-hmm. favor. Sure. But, uh, but it, it got the, uh, the Arkansas lo- yokels. Cro- it's got the extra chromosome crowd down there in Arkansas real fired up. And so we've uh, had to sort of like, I don't know. You know how it is. We just you get all these alerts on Twitter, and you're just like, "What? Is, what is going on? Like, why are our, is our Twitter on fire right now?" And it's like, "Oh, it's just a hundred Arkansas fans telling us how how good they're gonna be." Right? <laughs> why us having a nine and four overall record actually means they're better than us? Mm, yeah. Well, and how none of those years count. Yeah, I'm happy enough to do that. Give Arkansas's entire fan base douche of the week this week. Perfect. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, there is there is in touch with reality and as, as TJ Mo. So let's do it. Let's yeah. Let's do the week. All right. I think this is going to be a little bit easier after uh, watching the game yesterday. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Who you guys got? It actually is kind of tough because the defense. There's some defensive guys that played well enough, but I mean, you probably got to give it to Luther Burden. His first game, he scores two touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's the probably the obvious choice. It's going to be a guy who I think is going to win a lot of the uh, golden fleeces of the Kirk Farmer's hair awards. Yeah, I think I think an honorable mention has to be Hopper. He made a lot of plays on defense and and looked good doing it. But yeah, Luth, he scored two touchdowns, did so in impressive fashion. Um, so yeah, I'm all for Luther wearing the golden fleece that belonged to our once immaculate haired quarterback Kirk Farmer. Sure. And if nothing else to do, he just electrified the fan base and has got everybody excited. So, all right. Yeah, got everybody all jumped up. He's one game in, and uh, Luther Burden's already got himself a golden fleece. Congratulations on winning Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Now we've done it. We've wrapped up the week one show, guys. So uh, I'm excited. I think Mizzou fans are excited. This coming weekend will tell us a lot when we go to Manhattan, Kansas, and take on the stupid Wildcats. But uh, I'm going to be there for it. I am too, Brennan. And hey, don't forget, fans, to uh, follow on Twitter. You can email at, uh, what is it, BrennanMazodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also follow us on Patreon if you want some inside dope. You want to hear about uh, Cowboy Cody or uh, <laughs> bold predictions or uh, I don't fishing know, tips from Caleb, old-fashioned yeah. recipes from Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do okay. a Patreon exclusive podcast called Nerding Out. That's uh some stuff in there. Going on a fishing trip, I should just film a whole episode up there. You know, I'll give my tips away on Patreon. Yeah, that's a that's a deal. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys, we've done it. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to you again soon. M I Z Z O U Go Tigers.
<laughs> Show me your butthole! I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.